All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. We got the Fantasy Four Stringers here back with you again. I'm, I'm Wink. I'm sure you're not sick of us yet. I'm Ozan. Uh, glad to have you guys in again. Uh, this is going to be a fun one because there are certain people in this division that we're going to cover today that I cannot stand. We're going to get very This spirited. division is loaded. It's about to get unlimited. Unlimited, son. So we, uh, if you haven't picked it up yet. We are covering the AFC West. Oh, it's going to be fun. This is probably one of the most interesting divisions. For sure. In my year, opinion, so. this division is the most up for grabs out of any division in the NFL. Very excited to talk about it. Uh, we're glad to have you guys in with us. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gase deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers. Like we said, we're going over the AFC West today. Uh, do we have a preference on teams we want to start with? Because honestly, they're all pretty interesting. They're, you really, yeah, I think any any team's going to be fine uh, to, to start with. Um, I'll let you pick, though. Alright, cool. Let's start with the former division champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Alright, let's do it. We'll start right from the top. Alright, so quarterback needs work. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going I'm to put this out there. I'm not touching Mahomes the 10-foot pole this year. No, I wouldn't. Not from a fantasy perspective. Is he the best quarterback in the league right now? In my opinion, yes. When it comes from natural ability and actually like he's a skill set to get it done, the man can't. He's a close second to Kirk Cousins, so I'll give you that. Uh, I had somebody compare Kirk Cousins to Matthew Stafford today and said they were the same quarterback, and I almost rolled over in my You bed. know, I had something similar the other day. Somebody compared weed to meth and said they're basically <laughs> the same drug. <laughs> And, <laughs> and here we are. So when it comes down to it, nobody's close to Mahomes, in my opinion, talent level. I do think he is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Do I think he has the most experience like a Rodgers? No. So I think that, that benefits Rodgers in the aspect of situational decision-making. I would side with Rodgers on that. But from a pure talent perspective, Mahomes is above and beyond the best he's, quarterback in the NFL. He's up there, and there's there's no debating that. For fantasy purposes, he lost, obviously, Tyreek Hill this year, which is it's going to affect them in yeah. some way or another. I don't, yeah, know absolutely. What, I don't know what the offense will look like this Especially year. when you put the Band-Aid of Juju Smith-Schuster on it. Yeah. That's not the not, same. Not I mean, you're compensating, it. but it's not nearly what you want it to be. Not going to cut it. I do think uh, for for quarterback purposes in fantasy he's going to be a qb1 he's going to be probably top absolutely five-ish. but is he worth where you're going to have to draft him to get him no that's where i'm drawing the line because like let someone take that bullet for you somebody somebody in the f- fourth round third round maybe even if they really are homers or something really drinking the kool-aid somebody's going to take him in the third or fourth round and that means they're they're missing out on a really good a pretty good running back or a really good wide receiver value yep. right there and I am i'm more than happy to i'm here for him. that yeah go for it I'd much rather have like a Michael Pittman in the third or fourth round than I would Patrick Mahomes. Um, when it comes down to it for their offense outside of Patrick Mahomes, do you have any concerns? Because I do. Um, I mean, yeah, actually, for for fantasy, there's I have a number of concerns. With yeah, this. I hate their running back room. I'm with I'm, a passion. I'm not confident in Clyde. Clyde is he's a he's a borderline RB two slash flex yes. option. If you get him as RB three or four, I'm okay with you, you good taking with that. him. 
do he's not got, take him as your one or two. No, you should not. Absolutely not. He's got up. He's he's not going to be. A, I don't think a consistent week to week upside player. I do think he'll have weeks though where they have to use him in a way where you're going to get some some big weeks out of him. Some boomer bust options. But you right don't. There. I don't think it's going to. I think it'd be tough to predict when those come. And I'm just they he the first two years even when he's been healthy, when he's been healthy, you, he's not been efficient. He hasn't run the ball well between the tackles. He hasn't scored touchdowns. He's not good in short yardage. Um, God, I don't know. is he bad in short yardage? He's been oh really bad. God. So it's it's like, do I love the offense? Yeah. And and if it was any other running back that had the same type of skill set, I, I would probably be more excited about him. But because we've seen Clyde in this offense for the last two years, and he still hasn't produced great. He's been like RB two, especially for being a running or like a first round draft pick from Kansas City. They wasted a draft, like a lot of capital on him, thinking yes. that he would be more than he is right now. And now you take Tyreek Hill away from that offense, and it's like, okay, now where this? How many scoring opportunities are there going to be? And then what do you add on the running option as well? You add Jarek McKinnon and Ronald Jones, two guys who are just as big of question marks, just in different ways. Jarek with injury, and Ronald Jones with is he even going to be able to crack the lineup? And now they've got. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Isaiah uh, Pacheco. Oh yeah, the, Pacheco. He's yeah. a rookie who, by all accounts, in camp right now has been looking really, really good. Not that he's going to take the starting job, but he's going to probably at some point take some work. It's not hard from, to look good in that running back room. That's very true. Um, but he's probably going to take a few carries from Clyde. I, I so, would, I would hope that he does. Clyde's done nothing to earn. He really has the title no. of running back one in no. that offense. So I'm, I'm not against taking Clyde. I'm against taking pretty much any other running back in that group. I'm not against Clyde, but I'm it's against be... relying on Clyde to start every week. Clyde, yeah, Clyde. Clyde needs to be a flex RB three. Absolutely. If that's your flex running back, that's okay because then it gives you some depth. If one of your top two goes down, I have no issue with that. That's right. a good value play for Clyde. That's right where he falls in line in my fantasy rankings when it comes to that. If you're relying on him to be an RB two, don't expect your team to do well consistently going forward. No, no, for sure. I think the only chance that the only time I would even be comfortable having Clyde in like an RB2 status for me is if I went heavy on wide receivers early in a draft, and I don't ever do that. I don't advocate to I, do that. I don't. I think it's detrimental to your fantasy football team if that's what you do because right. then you end up with the Michael Thomases of the world, the Brandon Cooks of the world. The year he goes to um, New England his first year, and he had like a 1,000 yards, but he also laid a goose egg twice. Like you just get too much inconsistency from your wide receiver – from um, whatever decision you decide to pick, like the later rounds, if you address the other situation, say you draft running backs first, that you have wide receivers later down the road or vice versa, you get too much inconsistency down there. And the depth on that side of the ball is so much less that I think it's not worth doing. Uh, right. As it sits right now, I have Clyde and PPR, full point PPR. I've got Clyde as my RB 23. Yeah. I feel like that's on the high side. Yeah. I mean, it's, it depends on the way that you look at it, because is he going to get more opportunity now with Tyreek Hill being gone? He could. A little bit, probably, just because you don't have that mouth to feed, and Tyreek, I'm sure, demanded his targets because Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. But when it comes to the offense succeeding as a whole, whether or not Clyde gets the ball or not, he doesn't have too much of a factor on that. So I don't think that it's necessarily detrimental to Kansas City's offense if they don't feed no. him the ball. No, that's just it. I'm – I like – Looking at my rankings here, I've, I'd be hard pressed to pass up Kareem Hunt 
to I agree play. because you don't know where he's going either. Because he clearly, if I mean, if you're not keeping up on the NFL today, Kareem Hunt's requested a trade from Cleveland, and I don't think he'll get traded. But it, it sounds it sounds like it'd be kind of a stupid thing to say, like, okay, well, Clyde's a starter on a really good offense. Kareem's a number two on an offense that's going to be run heavy, but who knows? They might not be great with Deshaun not at least not going to be there for six games, maybe yeah. more at this point. Um, but the more the and more upside, we talk about that, the more and more it looks like it's just going to be six games. I'm, we'll not get sidetracked with that, and, but and, I think that that's what it's going to end up being is six games. And whether, I, I honestly, I don't think Deshaun Watson hurts Hunt's value at all. No. Because they're going to be run heavy without Anything, him. it makes it better. They're going to be run heavy without Deshaun, and they'll be he'll be more involved in the passing game with Deshaun. So sure. I, I love Hunt no matter what. But the upside for Hunt, I think, is even higher than Clyde. Because Clyde, there's nobody in front of him to get hurt. He's going to be the quote-unquote feature back. But even being featured, he hasn't been great. Yeah, he's been featured. That's Kareem, the thing. Like, he's had that opportunity, and he didn't run with it. Kareem Hunt being featured means RB1. And yeah. we've seen him do it. Yes. So, um, anyway, uh, outside of Clyde, obviously, we've, we've covered it. There's nothing to, to talk about as the rest of the running backs in the group. So, And one last thing with Kareem, not to get side super sidetracked again, but when it comes down to it, I don't know that I would ever in a situation take Clyde over Kareem. And on top of the fact that Deshaun's going to be out for six games, even if Kareem runs super well in the first six games and say they go four and two, five and one, that kind of scenario, even three and three, but lose a couple close games by one score late kind of a thing. I don't necessarily think that Cleveland's just going to abandon the run, even when Deshaun comes back. They're not just going to throw him into the fire. Like we, I mean, we discussed this on the other podcast. They're not going to give him 40 to 45 attempts a game right away when he comes back. I do think Cleveland's identity has been run first for a long time. And just because the new shiny toys coming in, they're not going to deviate from the offensive game plan. They, if they were smart, they wouldn't. Uh, Deshaun hasn't played in literally almost two years. Mm-hmm. It's been like a year and a half mm-hmm. since he's played a snap in the NFL. Everyone's assuming he's going to come in when he does come in and, and, and start be playing. Same that, old Deshaun. that he's going to be Deshaun Watson. There could be a massive rust factor. It could take him three or four games to get kind of... And, and I could be wrong. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he comes right in. I don't think it it'll be as severe because people do miss whole years with injuries and come back just fine. Yeah, but this is a whole dicey situation and he's feeling pressure from entirely different entities than someone would coming off an injury based is, on yeah. his situation. This is beyond, it's, I just got hurt. And yeah, I'm there's back. a lot of question marks going on and I don't think that Cleveland wants to deal with those question marks. So I really do think that going forward when he comes back week seven... They're not going to deviate from the they offensive could, game plan enough until it's not working and they need to let him loose. They could opt to protect him at least for the first few mm-hmm. weeks to get him more comfortable. All right. Well, we can move on to receivers. Yeah. Um, Chiefs wide receiver room. It's totally different this year. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I mean, tra- and even Travis Kelsey is starting to get up there in age. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff yet. I still think he's tight end one and it's not close. Yeah. But... The concerns are there, especially in Dynasty League platforms. I would seriously consider trading Travis Kelsey this year if I was in a Dynasty oh, you, League. It, if, if you don't, you're going to be stuck holding the yeah, And a you don't want later. that Mm-mm. going forward. No. you're you're and If you're playing Dynasty, you're better off trading a guy a year too early than this you are This is the, because long. you get bang for your buck. And yeah, it sucks for that one year where he's probably going to play well, which is this year. But going forward, you're going to be so much better as a franchise 
in quotations because it's your fantasy team, not an actual franchise. But when it comes down to it, you're going to be in much better shape because of that. So in fantasy oh, leagues, I'm a big proprietor of getting rid of Travis Kelsey right now. But from a fantasy perspective, I think the sky's the limit this year for him. It's gonna. This is might be his biggest year, but obviously with the year that he had, where he broke the tight end record in yards, or like and led the receiving category in yards, I think that he'll have his second best season behind that. I think that he has the most opportunity. He has no one to question his workload or take targets away from him. I think because of Tyreek Hill leaving as well. It's kind of his last lifeline. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes here, where it's his one safety net still. It's the one yeah. guy he knows if he throws the ball up to, he knows where he's going to be. He knows the routes he runs. He trusts him breaking off a of coverage. He trusts him sitting in zone coverage in certain situations. He's the one guy Mahomes knows still. He's, and because of that, I think he's going to thrive. He Because for anybody that hasn't seen it yet today, Nicole Hardman got carted off the field in practice today i don't know how bad it is i haven't looked recently so maybe it's usually never good if you get carted in practice not a good thing but outside of hardman who still is not really reliable for any fantasy purpose at all anyway he's like sammy watkins week one but uh outside of him and kelsey mahomes like there's not many people on that offense especially as a in, in the passing game that mahomes is familiar with for sure they got mvs they brought in for big money i don't know why yeah dude um, oh my god juju they got juju for cheaper than mvs which is insane in my opinion, I agree. Um, but they got Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS. They got Sky Moore. It's a bunch of new pieces in that offense. It could take time to gel, which is part of the reason why I'm a little bit concerned about Mahomes. Kelsey, like you said, is going to be the safety blanket. The only thing that I think could slow Kelsey down this year, there's two things. One, he gets hurt because he's getting older. Uh, two, because Hill's not there... It's going to be a lot easier, I think, to sort of double up on Kelsey. Oh, absolutely. You can use a box safety to come down and play that in the slot. Bring out your third safety, or you can use one of your other safeties and have that third safety slide back. It'll be easier to scheme They're going to get a lot more box looks. And is that going to benefit Clyde? It should. Will it? I don't think so. Right. So that's the reason that I I do think Kelsey. Kelsey's my tight end one, for the record. Um, I agree. I'm I'm still on that based, train, and Andrews is close behind yes. him. Just based on volume alone, let me get get that out there. However, if there's going to be something that fucks up Kelsey's season this year, it's going to be because Tyreek Hill isn't there to take the load to take the heat off of him. Because when Tyreek Hill's out there, you can't double Kelsey because Hill will beat you over the top. Well, and that's Holmes the thing. Your safeties can't play in every, the box ever. They'll find him every you're single you're dead time. because there's no shot. No matter how good your corner, it could be Jalen fucking Ramsey. I mean, that's a bad example because he's not the fastest corner in the NFL. But when it comes to shit like that, Tyreek Hill's getting off the stop right away and he's going to beat that coverage mm-hmm. if he's just running a straight line. You can't, like, there's no way you cover that because you literally can't. It's a lethal He's combo. one of the fastest humans in NFL history. You, you get a guy that can hit you over the top and Hill combined with a guy in Kelsey that can find any spot underneath and get open with his size and just his mm-hmm. athletic ability. And it's like, you, you just, you got to pick your poison and just hope the other one doesn't kill you. Absolutely. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't even that Tyree kill was open. It was the fact that you had to respect the fact that to. if he ran a line or you like, had to. yeah, or it was it a post or a fade, whatever it was, you had to respect that and cover over the top because you can't just have one. Because if he makes that catch versus one, that guy's either probably falling down or in horrible position to try to make a tackle after the catch, which means your safety needs to be there. And is Tyreek Hill beating a safety one-on-one in open field? Every fucking time. 
That's every time. That's, that's and now they don't have to deal with that. So that safety gets to drop down. Maybe even both safeties get to drop down based on coverage and based on scheme from the offense. But it's just it's such a different pre-snap look. That's where I think that, and that, I don't think that he's gonna necessarily do as well. I do. I think that he's gonna have the best season he's had outside of that one. Yes, but I think it's gonna be much more on receptions and short yard gains as opposed to the Travis Kelsey that we know typically. That's why I think this offense as a whole is gonna look a lot different. It's Absolutely, because Tyreek Hill just added such a different. It's gonna be a to Dak it. and Dunk offense a little <clears throat> bit more so than it yeah. was in years past because they don't have a deep threat. As and if Hardman really does stay out for. The foreseeable future. Yeah, I can't put a number on that because we don't know how the severity of the injury. But if he does, that's just another option that you lost that takes the top off the defense because Hardman's a a burner too. He is. So then that leaves you with, like we mentioned, we got Juju, Sky Moore, Moore, Mm -hmm. and we've got MVS. MVS can get deep, but he can't catch a fucking thing. So I I find it really hard to believe that Mahomes, in crunch time especially, is going to trust MVS when you can't some would say he's comparable to aj brown i i would probably rank him slightly higher than aj brown right now depends i mean however yeah. i mean you're in philly that's a tough look for anybody but but no Traylon burks know, looks good <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah he looks good standing on the sidelines uh, um sky Moore, i think is the one i like the most out of that group of three mvs i'm not touching unless it's like a 15th round pick um i think i like sky Moore. More i think than i would Juju. take mvs a little bit earlier than that just based on the fact that the he offense. has the offense and the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I what Sky if Kelsey Moore, goes down? Then oh, all see what I'm off. saying? Like yeah. there is a lot of Sky Moore is the value I like the most because you can get him. You, I mean, you hit double digit. Rounds I don't think you even need to draft Sky Moore. You oh, might be able to pick him up. You will. You're gonna have to draft him. I will. I'm gonna put that out right now. You'll nah, for sure have to draft him. I don't him. think so. You hit double digit rounds. Sky Moore is definitely gonna go. Um. I, it's between for me. It's between him and Juju. I don't know which one is. That's be. wild for me because I would absolutely take Juju every time over him. I think I, I like more just because I like his ability to get separation. Um, I think you got the I rookie think, wide receiver bias going on right now too. A little well, bit. no, I think and they. I think they liked more specifically for the fit in their offense because not that they knew Hill was going. Not or, that like, Hill was gone he, at the was draft, right? Yeah. yeah. Not not that he's going to be like comparable to Tyreek Hill because nobody is, but. To fill that role in the offense, they picked him for a reason. I think that they want him to be able to get over the top. So I think if there's somebody that's going to be able to recoup some value, it's going to be Juju just based on the fact that he's probably like the, put in quotes, number one receiver. But I mean, he has to be. Sky Sky Moore. I will say Juju's got a good wide receiver build to be the number one there. He could be. Yeah, he, he's a healthy he hybrid be. between a little bit of speed, but like a bigger bodied frame who could make a catch. I truthfully think Juju is going to thrive in this offense. He, and he very well could. Here's he's what I'll going say. going from fucking Big Ben to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like you got to. I think. I understand the concern. You have to realize this is a whole different ball game now. And he has Andy Reid calling the plays. Like the, I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from Mike Tomlin. No disrespect. He is one of the greatest coaches in no. the NFL and has been. It's just they were severely but it's, limited. it's. Entirely different in the fact that Andy Reid is an offensive mind, where Mike Tomlin's a win first guy. And my, I don't, I don't, I w- I'll say this: I don't have an issue with Juju as a as a fantasy player this year. No issue with him whatsoever. The reason I like Sky Moore a little bit better is because I think the upside is just a little bit higher. He's younger. Um, 
and I just, I, for me, the ceiling's higher. That that's that's what it comes down to for me. Because if I'm taking a flyer on a you guy, think that's Sky Moore's ceiling is higher than Juju's. One hundred percent. That's wild. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do. Um, I I think uh, for me, if I'm making a pick anywhere between round eight and twelve, and it comes, and if if both of those two are on the board at some point, I would rather pick a player that's probably got a lower Sky floor in the eighth. No, eighth probably not. It'd be a reach for me. His floor is probably a little bit lower, but the ceiling for me is higher. And okay. at that point in, the, in a draft, I'm I'm reaching for the ceiling. I'm not picking a floor player at that sure. point. That's that's the separator for me. Well, that's how you fucking win your leagues, essentially, is taking your swings and hitting in the later rounds, the Jamar chases lucky. of the world, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, You just got to hit the right ones. But he's the lotto Which ticket that I'm taking. Very much easier said than done, unfortunately. Correct. Um, offensively for the Chiefs, we already covered it. We we touched on Kelsey. We touched on uh, receivers and Clyde. Yeah. We touched I, on I mean, I love their offensive line. I don't. They, I, do I think it's going to benefit Clyde Edwards Hilaire? No, but do I think it's going to benefit Patrick Mahomes and his wide receivers because of it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you paid a shit ton of money for Joe Thune. You address the center need with Creed Humphrey in the draft. You have Zeus Jr. on the left side. Like they have a solid left side of the ball. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think that you can get by on the right side if you have a solid left side. You block yeah, if, the blind side and outside zone scheme runs, and you're fine. But outside of that, if you don't have an entire side of the line covered, in my opinion, the way that they do, I think they're all solid from left tackle to the center. You can, you can get by with that. You can if if you know you're weak on one side. Your quarterback's the other. not gonna die. You yeah. can scheme runs to certain sides. Yeah. You can. It's, there's just so many. You can. Things. You can your you tight end's right always going to line up on the right side because yeah. of that for a chip block. Like there's th- there's ways you can scheme that to help your right side out and have a very very solid consistent offensive line, and I think that they're going to do it. But I don't think that the running back's going to benefit from that. Fair enough. They don't um, have enough talent. They it it really just boils down to the fact that there's not enough talent in that running back room to deal with what they have. I don't think so either. I, I just don't think Clyde is a – I don't think he's a strong enough runner. I think he's a good pass-catching kind of back. But if he was in a committee with somebody that was a good between-the-tackles guy, he'd be great as like a PPR um, – Just for so frustrating. As like you... a flex player. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And like like a Naheem Hines or somebody like that that fits into that kind of mold. Just like I get why people don't want to draft <clears throat> running backs when you take Clyde in the first and you bust and you get Kamara in the fourth or fucking – what's his name? Cam right. Akers in the fourth. Or That's... like guys like that that are just exponentially – better value picks because they produce the same and you wasted every year there's like a fourth round pick that ends up becoming every a long term start every fucking somewhere. year it happens every single year so um chiefs defensively are you in on the chiefs defense at all no no okay because i'm kind of no because they're uh, gonna get into shootouts every fucking game they lost one of the cornerstones me. in matthew I, I, there's a lot of that pieces hurts. That were veteran and not like expert. I mean, Matthew's a great player. That's a bad example because he's probably the best player that they lost. But they lost a lot of rotational players slash fringe starters slash starters who were good players. But then also the people that are coming in to replace them are either inexperienced budget players like situations like that where it's they're not they're gonna look so much different than they have in years past and that's what and i don't think people are ready for that that's that's what happens when you have to pay guys like mahomes tyreek hill travis kelsey the type of money orlando brown the type of money that they got to pay these guys to be able to keep that offense intact because that's been their calling card for the past five years you know and you're already starting to see it with the fact that like basically we can't pay you 
with the Tyron Matthews of the world. Now he's going. Mm-hmm. So Tyree Kill. That's that that's, kind of thing. It's 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 that type of shit. Uh, the contracts that they had to hand out to keep their stars. That trickles down into like the. It will always bite you in the ass. The role Look players the on defense. The, the role players on defense. The back end players on defense. The guys that you know you don't you don't know the names of them, but they're they're impact guys. They can't afford to keep those guys. So I, the defense scares me this year. And I don't, folks, this is why the NFL draft matters so much. You have to you have yeah. to find players that fill voids for people you either can't afford, are too old, or are just not where they should be for what you're paying them. And that's why everyone's like, why do you care so much about the draft? Because that's where your team is built. Seriously. Like that's 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 where you win. You don't win in free agency. Um, you win in the draft. And I mean, let me, even the Bengals, they got a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. They can spend money elsewhere. These are the next two years where Cincinnati should be lethal. You saw it with like the Seahawks. You need to spend all your money in these next two years, two-year deals, short-term That's... things. Then when you need to start paying Burrow and Chase and Mixon and all those guys, you then have they the fall money off. to do so. Yeah, That's... Or you let them go and they fall off yeah. because you've used them through their prime. We we saw You saw it with the Seahawks when they had Mr. Unlimited, Mr. Unlimited. As, on his rookie this contract. This fucking hates Russell Wilson. For oh, no we'll reason. get into it. Um but you saw you saw the same thing with the with the Seahawks when when Russell Wilson was on his rookie contract. They could afford to keep the defense intact, which was their calling card at that point. Um, they had Russell Wilson, and then they had Marshawn Lynch. So they were good enough on defense, and they could run the ball. That was their key to success, and it worked for them for several years. Mister Unlimited Beast Mode. You want to just move on to the Broncos now? Because I, I, I feel mean, like after the fact, we're pretty close. We already yeah. brought him up at this point. Yeah, let's do it. I think Russ can be a top ten quarterback this year, and I don't <laughs> he will. Think it's gonna be close. Judy's gonna have a year. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that one out there. Judy's gonna have a fucking year. Who, and who's gonna have a better year? Judy or Cor- Judy. Cortland Sutton? Fuck Sutton. My money's on Sutton. No. Fuck Sutton's Sutton. gonna be a monster this year. Red zone monster. He's gonna get deep. Um I the more I think about it, the more I feel like you're right because he's a big bodied frame receiver and Russ loves that. He loves that DK Metcalf type mm-hmm. of dude. That's why I think Cortland Sutton's gonna be a monster. Yeah, but year. he also loves the speedster, which Judy is not either. He's not the tire locket of the world. You right. know what I mean? Or the Doug Baldwin. He's yeah. not that guy. I don't but know. Judy is an impeccable route runner. I'll never I'll never discredit him for that. I will say the more I think about it, Sutton does seem like he's going to do I think they're going to be very similar. It's going to be like an Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson kind of situation when they both blow up because Justin Jefferson's trash. But outside of that, <coughs> I'm kidding. I literally only said that to rise you up. Justin Jefferson's great. <coughs> Did you see him Way better than A.J. Brown. The, they, they had a scrimmage, like a one-on-one practice with the Niners today, and he was just mossing guys. Not mossing. I sure fucking He was hope hooking so. the Niners today, though. Name name San Fran's cornerback one. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what Jason I thought. Verrett. Yeah, that's Richard Sherman, dude. Holy, Richard Sherman doesn't even have a team. I think he got. Did he retire? I think he did. Did he? I think he announced it. No, oh, good. I could be fucking wrong, time. Fuck it. Uh, Michael anyway. Crabtree somewhere smiling. Yeah, seriously. Uh, no, I. My money's on on Sutton. Judy, I think he's a, like you said, he's a really good route runner. Great like slot type of dude. Even though he's a little bit he's. He's big enough. He doesn't need to be a slot receiver, but he's yeah. got great route running ability. Um, he just hasn't quite put it together yet. So I'm, I like, I have concerns about just like, can he hang as like a high end wide receiver in the league? Okay. Um, Sutton, we've seen him do. Any balled with Drew Locke. That's what. It, that's the Sutton, crazy part. His year where he really played well the first half of this was with Drew Locke. So I, 
do I think they're both going to be valuable? Yes. For my money, I'd rather have, I, I would rather have invested in Sutton and like a third, fourth, fifth rounder than I would Judy a couple of rounds later. Cause I think again, going back to the ceiling, because that's what, for me, that's, that's the, that's my coin toss mm-hmm. ceiling. How high can they get? Ceiling's higher for Sutton for me. I just think he's got big, bigger upside as far as big plays that and red zone opportunities. Mind. That blows my mind. I love Judy in this offense this year. I really do. I've got Sutton as like a top. 15 he reminds receiver. me. He, he reminds me so much of Lockett in the aspect of route running because Lockett's good. He can he take the top off the same way? Absolutely not. I don't think so at all. But when it comes to getting open, I do think Russ is very good at decision making. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. That's true. And I because of that, I think Judy's going to thrive. He ha, he's always open. I mean, even last year, I think what was it? I think there's 27 routes ran where he didn't get thrown the ball where he was had three or more yards of separation. He's an impeccable route runner. He's great. Yeah. And I think Russ when it comes down to it, yeah, Sutton's good, but like Russ, when you don't have a premier number one, who are you going to throw the ball to? Who's ever fucking open? That's and once you start building that rapport, you're going to keep looking that way. Russ keep looking that way. And historically, that way. And has I been. I think that's what what's going to happen. When he had DK and Tyler Lockett for the last couple of years, he's sort of been unpredictable as to which one's going to have a big week. Mm-hmm. So I could see a little bit of that happening this year. Where like one week it's going to be Judy that scores thirty. The next week it could be Sutton that scores thirty. Tim Patrick out of left fucking field. If he wasn't hurt, yeah, it could be right? Tim Patrick. Literally, that's what I'm KJ saying. KJ Hamler could be another guys. one that has a couple oh, love KJ Hamler. Um, so I do think as they're a both player, gonna, not a fantasy guy. Yeah. KJ Hamler is a good guy for fantasy. They're both going to have value. I my money's on Sutton. Like I said, you you like Judy. Um, I do think they're both going to have their weeks mm-hmm. for sure. I I don't think I, I I truly I think Russ as much as I rag on Russell Wilson for being an absolute douchebag off the field. He. That he's gonna throw for guy visits children's hospitals once a week. I'm just throwing that one out there. He he is so obsessed with trying to be fucking Joe Cool. He's trying to be. There's only one Joe Cool. He tries in Cincinnati, and he's trying to be that guy. Russ tries way too hard to be fucking. Who gives himself a fucking nickname? Dude, he was probably trolling. Calm down. No, he was not. <laughs> He visits children's hospitals like at least once a week. You know what he says when he walks in the door there? You know what he says when he walks in the door? He walks in the door of the children's hospital. He goes, Memorial Children's Hospital. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right, so let me get you started on a conversation that Mm. I don't think that you're ready for. Mm. The running back situation. Um, Okay. If you want me to speak, I'll speak. Javante Williams, I think, and this, I don't know if this will be controversial or not Javante Williams is going to be uh overvalued this year I think even before they signed uh Melvin Gordon I think he was well I shouldn't even say that that's that's probably wrong uh before they signed Melvin Gordon I, I would have loved to have Javante Williams but there's a lot of people that I think are going to overdraft him this year I'm going to pull it up real quick because there's I mean he's still with Melvin Gordon in the fold ranked somewhere in the top like 20 for running backs which is fine because he finished there last year as well in like a split backfield. But they had a horseshit quarterback last year. They could not throw the ball if they tried. And they had to rely on the run to be able to move the ball at all. To have any semblance of an offense, they had to rely on the run a lot more. Russell Wilson in the fold now, they're going to be more pass heavy. 
Um, they're going to rely on Russ to let the offense roll off of him. I the the scoring opportunities could be could be there. I I I don't doubt that. But the fact that they went like a week before training camp started, before they signed Melvin Gordon, clearly they have a role in mind for him. Javante Williams, I'm in love with this year. I was, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I, I, something about the split backfield, because they're still saying that they're going to split touches like 55 to 45, 60, 40. Yeah. I hate that. Hate it. Especially if you're picking a guy in like the third fucking round. I don't want a guy splitting touches. I want like Saquon Barkley in the second or third round. That's going to get every touch. No, I'm in love with him, but am I in love with him from a fantasy draft perspective for like, no, I'm not. When it comes to actually owning him on a fantasy roster, it's a much different ball game than owning him on the actual Denver Broncos kind of a thing. I do think that he's going to for sure end up taking a majority of the workload. I think at the end of the year, it's going to end up 70-30 truthfully i don't think melvin has a place in that backfield enough to justify it he's going to be more of the goal line guy and because of that you're going to get a lot of frustrations from melvin stealing your goal line touchdowns i think that's going to be the biggest thing so touchdown dependent javante is not going to be great but i'm what i meant in love with is i'm in love with him as a player he plays football the right way he's a great running back does he have the opportunity this year in denver to succeed as a fantasy running back one not for where you're drafting him. I'm my, how, how do I want to say this? Um, Nathaniel Hackett, who's the head coach now was the offensive coordinator in green Bay for the last couple of years, at least handful of years, I believe uh, under Matt LaFleur. I envision this backfield being reminiscent of what we saw with AJ um, or AJ. Um, geez. I can't think of his fucking name running back from green Bay. AJ, Aaron, Aaron Jones Aaron and AJ Dillon. Oh, okay. Um, last year they were a lot more evenly split than I think people realize the thing that kept Aaron Jones afloat for, from a fantasy perspective, he scores touchdowns. If he hadn't scored at the rate he was scoring the last like year, you'd have been pissed at AJ Dillon as an Aaron Jones. You you would have probably still were to be quite You would have wasted your pick on Aaron Jones. He's had games in the last couple of years where he scores like four touchdowns in a game and he's, he gets into the end zone. That has what it's been. What has saved him? That's what worries me about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, is I just don't know how that split's going to go, and that's what scares me. Well, Russell, in my opinion, does better in offenses where there's a bruising running back too, like a Marshawn Lynch, as opposed to a Rashad Penny or a Chris Carson, or you know what I mean. And yeah, Javante Williams is more like them, which also kind of makes me think that when it comes down to the situations, he's going to want Melvin in there and not Javante. I think Javante Williams is like, he's for me, he's very much a fringe RB two. If I have him as my RB two, I'm okay. If Melvin goes down, I wouldn't be surprised if Javante finished top five. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm as a handcuff. Great. But are you going to waste your third round pick on a handcuff? Fuck no. I just, I have a really hard time investing in a running back in the top three or four rounds of my drafts that I don't we know, know is going to split time. Yes. That you have to rely on an injury for him to And hit if you do his- that, you need to make damn sure you have both running backs. If you have Javante or if you have Melvin, you need to have the other one. And 
to be honest with you, I'm not interested in taking both of those. No, guys. neither am I. Not for the draft capital you're no. going to waste for it. No, you're taking like a third, in fourth theory, round pick. In theory, a great idea, a... but I don't want to waste a third and a fifth round pick on them. And, and Gordon, Gordon's going like, what, sixth, seventh, eighth, mm-hmm. ninth round, somewhere in there, probably. I'm, I'm ballparking. And depending on where your pick is, if you're, say, you're picking one or 12, where you get two picks back to back, and then you're done in the fifth round after the first pick in the fifth. By the time he gets back to you at the end of the 6th slash start of the 7th, he might not be there. And that's not a risk you should be willing to take if that's your plan, which means you have to now reach and use your last pick in the 5th round on a guy that you don't want to fucking pick in the 5th round. So for that reason, I'm out on Denver's backfield. Do I think they'll have some fantasy relevance? Yes. Do I think it's worth where you're going to end up getting them in the draft? Absolutely not. No. I'm, I'm, I'd much rather take a guy... In the same range as either one of those two, that um, actually Melvin Gordon, I I should say, I I wouldn't hate taking him where he like at his ADP if I don't have Javante Williams where I'm relying because then if if Williams does go down, then you do have a, a really good running back. Sure. Too. Um, but I have to say, I think for the value, I'd probably rather have Melvin Gordon versus uh, Javante yeah, Williams. based on where you're drafting them, yeah, because you can cover your bases elsewhere before you get to that point. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um. We covered receivers. We covered running backs. You said you think Russ is going to have a big year. I do think he's going to be a probably top seven or eight quarterback. KJ Hamler is wide receiver him. three is not a bad receiving. It's not horrible. I th- they address the offensive line. They have Dalton Rissner, Garrett Bowles, and Lloyd Cushenberry. Like they're okay. They're on that they're fine. Of all. Yeah, they're from fine an offensive there. perspective, they should be just fine. Now, from a defensive perspective, I think they're fucked. But. I think they're all right. Their secondary is fine, and Bradley Chubb's fine. Everything else in the pass rush is horrible. They're not going to get home this year. And and all things that happen from not getting pressure on the quarterback are never good for the defense. I think that's where I'm at. The offense could help the defense in the sense that if they're able to score, you know, 30 points a game or, or somewhere around there, you know, 25 to 30 a game. If they can put offenses that they're playing against in a spot where, like, okay, you're kind of getting one-dimensional now, you're, you're not able to run the ball quite as much as you want, then they might be able to pin their ears back a little bit, and the pass rush might be able to get after it. Mm-hmm. I just, in my in my professional opinion, after playing 17 years in the league, <laughs> um, I would say that if you can't get home on the quarterback, your defense is essentially fucked. You're, you're in trouble. You you All that shows me is, one... You can't get home on the quarterback, obviously. And two, when it comes to run stopping, you're not very good at penetration either or setting the line. And it's going to be a long fucking day if you can't make any penetration. It's one in the trenches, in my opinion. That's the biggest factor in football outside of the quarterback, obviously, because the quarterback will forever be the most important position in football. If you don't have a good quarterback, you'll never win, regardless of protection or whatever else. But when it comes to literal football and looking at success rates and what bodes well, if you can't get it done on the offensive or the defensive line, you're fucked you're in a lot more of trouble. times than not. I think um, part of the problem I would have with drafting the Denver defense is if, if you're, if you're streaming them, I would say I'd be okay with streaming or, or what, it's gotta be a temporary fix, mm-hmm. but they do play the chiefs. They play the chargers and the Raiders' offense is going to be better this year, and they Much were pretty better. good last year. Much better. So I don't think people give Carr the respect he deserves. I don't think so either. So you got six really tough games just built in 
and that's not even including anyone else that I, and I'm not going to look at their schedule. I really don't care that much about the rest of their schedule. Yeah. But they got I mean, six tough games. That's all it's I a know. Real, six really tough mm-hmm. games. And there's, if you're, if you aren't in tune with waivers and picking up streamers and stuff, and there's a lot of people that draft their defense and they pretty much set it until by week time, then they drop them or until they get you negative two weeks in a row. So yeah. it's like, if you, if for, for a lot of the players that, you know, they pick their defense, they want to pick a defense. They can set it and forget it kind of thing. Denver's not going to be one of those. I think that fantasy is falling more and more off a cliff in that thing, too, where there is not really a defense that you can set it and forget it. There's anywhere. very few. The offenses are too good. Yeah, that that's it's. There's very few defenses you can pick and confidently say like I'm starting them against anybody. Yeah, even you if can. It's a good yeah, offense. I mean, you can get their good weeks, but the matter of the fact is, during a 17 game schedule, those teams are going to have off weeks. You're not playing your Super Bowl caliber defense and schemes every single week. That's just too long of a season. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get tired. You're not you're not going to get the 85 Bears. You're mm-hmm. not going to get the 2000 Ravens type of defenses anymore. You're going to save not, themselves for the fucking postseason because they know that's what matters. Especially like in a salary cap league, it's just really tough. Yeah, to and if the and when it, when it comes down to it, if you're a 12 and three team and you're playing the fucking two and 13 Jets, and you drop the game, do you really give a fuck? Not really, unless you're rolling for the number one seed. That's the only issue. I, but like when it comes down to dropping situations like that, I don't think that they care as much. Yeah. Um. Anything else for Denver? Are we, are we ready to move on? Let's ride. Russell Wilson, if you're listening to this, and I, I don't think you will ever, ever, ever hear me say this. I hope um, you do, though. <laughs> I, oh, my God. If he does, can you imagine? Uh, just drop the charade, dude. Just. I hope he builds a children's hospital and names it the Alex Wink Children's Hospital. I would love that. Yeah, because that's the only the thing bullshit. good you'd ever do for charity. So. Look, dude, embrace <laughs> your inner square. We all know you fucking you love to wear your New Balances, mow your lawn, and listen to Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes the fucks. Shit. They do fuck, but cut the shit, dude. We all know it's a it's it's just a bunch of bullshit. He's thirty three years old. You think he's still trying to personify someone that he's not? Yes, it's a marketing ploy. They're trying to build up his brand. Somebody's in his ear. It's a bunch of shit, dude. You he I'm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he he just needs to fucking quit it's such a oh fake like i can you can see right through the bullshit i'm tired of seeing russ the clips of russell wilson warming up by himself like in pregame with a broken finger like doing fake handoffs and fake play calls in the huddle oh uh, but like the dak hip rotations and all that's okay with you oh totally fine fucking guy okay. dak prescott elite sure. quarterback great character um no, just just cut the shit, dude. If if he if, if he didn't do all the bullshit like that, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with him. Be a good person is cutting the bullshit, or like not being a good person is cutting the bullshit. He's he's a great person. He is, but he's trying way too hard to come off as a cool fucking dude on the internet, and I hate it. Hate it. I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's that's he's, my job. Russell Wilson's a phenomenal human being. Mm. I will He's also say a that. tool. You can be a tool and be a good human being. Yeah. Look at you. I'm a <laughs> walking example. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. All right. All right. Um, well, we're getting sidetracked with personal chirps at this point. We're done with the Broncos, and we're going to go right into the lightning bolts. Kind of a good theme right now because it's thunderstorming. So. Uh, Chargers. Um, I'm calling it 3-14 and 14 this year. I truthfully think this is a Super Bowl favorite and people don't know it yet. 
I, this team's I think dangerous. Plenty of people that think this they team's are. fucking dangerous. I think there's plenty of people that think just signed Derwin to an extension today too. So Fat now you got a happy Derwin, which is good for the morale of the team. Yeah. Um, I the, the Chargers. Let's well, let's just start with Herbert. At, I at truthfully think he finishes QB one this year. I the only. I don't. I literally don't see him not. They throw the ball so much that the like he's he's legit probably gonna throw for five thousand yards and forty or fifty touchdowns. And I mean, they have Josh they Palmer deep threat, and then they have Jalen Guyton, Guyton, who's literally also, wide receiver four, who Herbert loves. He hit Guyton for like a seventy yard yeah. touchdown. Donald Parham Jr., another guy that they like to take deep shots with. They have a lot of speed in the wide receiving end, and then you have big body Mike Williams and route running extraordinaire Keenan Allen. They have such a good balance in the wide receiving room. I don't. And Austin Eckler, yeah, who pass say, catches you, so much. You didn't even mention Austin I Eckler. don't understand how you could look at Justin Herbert and say there's no way that that guy's going to be top three this year. He's going to take the – he's taking a step every year, and his step last year was fucking incredible. I mean, he had 38 touchdowns, 15 picks, and 5,000 yards last year. I will say I don't have him top three. He's my number one this year. I have him – Four? Justin Herbert's fucking incredible. Dude, I have him he can four. sling the ball. The only reason I have him for <clears throat> is because I think he's a better Josh Allen. <sighs> okay, I'm not touching that one. Um, I have Lamar and Kyler ahead of him as well as Josh Allen. Lamar and Kyler, I just think the rushing. <sighs> why are you is there. Why are you rating running backs in the quarterback room? Like, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, hey, would you take a running back that could also throw for 35? That uh, was my justification with Lamar last year, so I don't blame you. Um, the running upside is there with those guys. That's the Absolutely. only reason I have them higher. Absolutely. Because uh, Herbert's not going to run for 500 yards. It's not going to happen. No, but I'll throw for 5,000. True. But if, if if Lamar goes out and runs for 1,200 yards again this year, he's probably going to finish ahead of Justin Herbert. He might have to since they just decide to not ever give him any help in the wide receiver room. And so There's so many teams that I'm like, dude, this is like Madden franchise mode easy. Why don't you just address the issues that you so clearly need and they just don't? <laughs> Like wide receiver, it's just fucking stupid. This is Green why- Bay and Baltimore have needed wide receivers for two years. They both have done jack shit, and then Tampa brings in Julio. Granted, it's Julio Jones, not like it's some great guy anymore. Like it's he's not the Julio that he was. But you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you're the team that brings in Julio. You can't tell me the Ravens. not Green Bay or Baltimore. Are yeah. you shitting me? Like that it makes no sense to me. Me either. Why you even let that guy get on the plane and go there makes no fucking sense <laughs> to me because you should have addressed this situation so much, Father. I Don't get me started. It just doesn't make any sense. You can fix your team so much easier and get them help in the position you need and you just choose not to. I don't know. This is why we should be GMs. They don't like NFL to spend team. money. That's what it is. There's clearly, there's got to be something with money saving um, type of shit. You know what I mean? Well, and maybe they're thinking too, like, well, of course, if it's a one-year deal, it won't matter. Yeah. But they're also in the middle of a contract negotiation yes, with Lamar, which is yes, going to cost them a shitload of money. Yes, and they don't know where could, they're going to have to. Could like, have something to do with that. They don't know how many funds they're going to be able to allocate elsewhere. That's probably that, fair. That, but. that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, I, we digress. We digress. Um, Let's get back to the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck uh, them. Though. I'm very curious in it, in half point format. I like to when we talk about rankings. I like to talk in half point because PPR skewed one way, standard skewed the other. Yeah. PPR I just like to find right in the middle and just go yep, with that for sure. Uh, That's kind of how I feel about half point. Where Where do you have Austin Eckler as a running back? Yeah, or as a pass catcher? As a running or back, just overall, just o- for overall running back. Uh, so. I think I'm pretty sure in my list he's number six or five. 
Okay, I have him at three. Oh, that's fair. And and this is I, there's no shot he gets out of the first round. There, I, in no world oh, no, no, should no, no. he get out no, of the no. first round. He's going to be a top four mm-hmm. or five pick. Yep. Um, I have him at three. I feel like that's sort of his ceiling because I really don't think he'll be able to touch McCaffrey or Taylor. Here's where I find numbers. a gray area because I truthfully think Taylor is going to go one in most leagues. Most he probably will. Two he shouldn't. But he will. Two is where the draft starts, in my opinion, because you could go so many ways. I think do you want to take a reach? On McCaffrey, not a reach, but like a risk on McCaffrey. Do you want to go him at this point? Do you want to take the first wide receiver off the board and take like a say a Jamar Chase or so? There's so, Devonte Adams. Like there's a lot of picks at number two that I, if you made the pick, I'd be like, okay, that's fair. But would I ever take a running back not in the first five picks? Absolutely not. But do people do it all the fucking time? It makes no sense. To I hate me. it. I do too, but. Here's the thing. I hate it until I'm in the draft because when that's, they do it, I'm like, you're literally spoon-feeding me a running back that wouldn't be there because if you would have taken this guy, that guy would have taken that guy instead of the guy you took. And then, like, vice versa, it's just a chain reaction. It happens. Where one running back falls that should not be there at your pick because of the chain reaction of draft picks. Two two years ago in our, our Angie's League draft that we do with a bunch of yep. – you, you and I and a bunch of our co-work, former co-workers, um, I was with pick, I think, like six. And I wanted one of the top five running backs. Of course, Zeke, they, you wanted Zeke, I wanted right? Zeke. They mm-hmm. all went top five. So what did I do? I tilted and I went with Michael Thomas, who busted that year massively. It didn't end up mattering that much because the rest of my team, it panned out for me. Whatever. That doesn't matter. But I got the point, Todd Gurley third overall ugh. that year. My point is I, I tilted <laughs> because I had my, my head in my mind I was going to get a running back. And Best draft five, I've ever had. When the five guys that I wanted weren't there, I went with a position. I went with Thomas. Yeah. I felt like the value was probably right, and I, I missed because he got hurt. Well, I mean, but outside of that, who you're probably looking at at pick seven, like a mix in or something. Like it would have been like mm-hmm. at that point, yes. And it Aaron was like, okay, Jones, that's, that's a was, reach. Ah, Aaron Jones was probably still not relevant yet. At, at, at two years ago, it was a reach to pick any other running back yep. that wasn't in those top yep. five picks for me. Yep. And they um, went one through five. So I'm I'm never a big guy on picking a receiver in the top even eight picks if I don't have to. But that said. It happens to everybody. I tilted. I picked a receiver. Yep. It bit me in the ass, but it doesn't. It doesn't hurt every year. I mean, but it's easy to talk yourself into that when you know this guy's exponentially better than any running back you're gonna take, and right. no one wants to take the safe pick in the first round because they think, oh, if my first round pick's gonna carry me, and that's the biggest misunderstanding in fantasy football is your first round pick cannot win you your fantasy league. Well, never. Your first never. round pick can most definitely lose you your league every yep. time. It's you, draft safe and go from there. I don't care if it's a flashy pick. I don't care if it's the guy that you want because you're super high on this team or this is your favorite team. Draft safe in the first round. You take consistency every time. I, I, I agree with that. I do think you win leagues in rounds two through like seven because that's where the value really comes because in rounds two vary. through six and then one shot in the dark, you have to hit on one late round pick. Yeah. In my opinion, that's like it. I don't think you necessarily need to, but I think if you hit on one of those, that's a guaranteed. Like say Jamar Chase last year. That's he what what yeah. did, what did he probably go? What was his ADP third, last year? Third ish round. Third, fourth round? No. I don't believe that for a second. Maybe I'm thinking a cup. Cup Chase, went, Cup went in the fourth round last year. Third or fourth round, somewhere in there. Chase did not go that early. There's no He couldn't shot. have been that far off of that though. I don't know what is it. Right, well we'll been, we'll discuss this and bring it back to the next episode, but I don't know that Chase was that high. But anyway. you also you also seem very convinced that he was. So one of us is wrong. It's just somebody's who it is. Somebody's wrong. <laughs>
But I, all I'm saying is I've never been wrong in my life. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, um, no. Anyway, what we're saying, we got very sidetracked again. But Eckler, he's a top. He's a consensus top pick. If you have picked two through five and you end up with Eckler, you're not going to feel bad about it. He gets tons of, tons of work, and he scored 20 fucking touchdowns last uh, year. I mean, yeah, I don't think that pick two, I can't justify him at pick two. Anything, I would not. Anything after pick two, I'm okay with. I, if I, Eckler goes three, that's a solid pick. Personally, I'm not taking him at two, but if somebody picked him at two, I wouldn't sure. be like, yo, you're a fucking idiot. Sure, yeah, right. Um, I, I, could, I could justify it to myself, what, what your thought process was, and be like, okay, that's probably fair. I understand that. Yeah, he's you. Yeah, but with, especially with the offense of the way it is now, I I really do think this is their year to do. This is the run they're gonna make. He finishes RB two last year, but that was on the back of twenty touchdowns. He's not gonna score twenty touchdowns this year. He's not a goal line back. No, he just gets a ton of work and he they also use still has no one though. But you know they mean? don't have they a goal line back, so they find ways to get their playmakers open in space, and he just happens to capitalize. I don't. I really don't think that they want to give him the type of volume he's gotten the last year or two, but they've had to because they don't have a solid backup. Well, the so, thing is, too, they still have Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree who are going to steal inevitable stupid touches. And for they no drafted reason. another running back this year, yeah, Isaiah Spiller, Spiller. who is that everybody, CJ's brother. I hope so. No, I, I have no idea, but they. A lot of people thought Spiller was going to be like the designated backup. Like right when he got drafted, it was oh he's the handcuff. There's a lot of people saying Joshua Kelly is going to be the handcuff now, like the backup, the primary yep. backup. And that's what it looks to be. But even when he's had to come in in the past, because he has had times where he had to start. He's been okay. Has not been great. It's not like he's going in there and he's putting up fucking RB2 numbers every week. Um, the backup running back situation here, it's very cloudy. I wouldn't trust it. I think there's better handcuffs to invest in, um, especially in the part of the draft that you're picking to get any one of those guys. I mean, you're talking like, double-digit rounds, you can find an Alexander Madison in round 10. You can get a Daryl Henderson round 10. That's 11, a good 12. reference. I like that. You you can get a lot of really good handcuffs that you know are probably going to be that guy if if the RB1 goes down. I'm not sure about the rest of the running back room in, in LA. Who's going to be that dude if anybody's really going to take charge? They're cousins, by the way. They are. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so anyway, we'll Must be nice to have that much NFL pedigree. What the fuck? No kidding. <laughs> Hello, Watt family. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Their, their mom's probably like, good God, I knew they drink so much milk for a reason. Oh man. One can only hope, right? Um, okay. Let's move on to receivers real quickly. Yeah. Uh, we kind of uh, touched on a few of them. Love me some Mike Williams this I, year. I would, oh. I'll tell you right now, if I have... He is way lower in ADP than he should be, and it's not close. I am I would take Mike Williams before Keenan Allen in any league. I would agree. PPR, standard, I would matter. fucking agree. I'm taking mm-hmm. Mike Williams. I agree. He finished just like a spot or two behind Keenan Allen last year, and that was with much less target volume. And then they re-signed him to like An a $60 million Yeah, they deal. paid him. They, they're paying him for a oh, reason. Yeah. And guess who's got paid and is on the back end of his deal with no guaranteed money? That's exactly Keenan it. Allen. And Mike Williams is 6'4", and he's like 220. He's a red zone threat. He's going to get looks in the red zone. And I will I will argue that Herbert made it very obvious last year that he prefers to throw to him in the red zone. He he looks like it. I mean, he fits the bill, right? He's he's a big dude. He's a target he's got, monster. You high point the ball, and you're good to go. Put that fucker I mean, up there. He'll that's grab. That's what I'm saying. Keenan like, Allen. Keenan's great at getting open. He's not. And like he can toe tap, do all the things that a great wide receiver should. He's not a jump ball guy. Keenan Allen had six touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how many did Mike have? Mike Williams had nine. And how many games did he play? Uh, 16. So he missed one game. Yeah, but he went out in two games. He might I know, have, yeah. I know for sure. So he, essentially, he probably, probably 15. Keenan Allen, the value with Keenan Allen comes in PPR only. He had 106 receptions. He had 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. What Mike, did Mike have for Mike catches? Williams had 76 receptions, but he had a little bit more yardage. He had 1,146 to Keenan Allen's 1,138. So okay. basically the same Eight there. yards, yeah, But he had right. three more touchdowns. Yeah, give me that so it's every like, day of the week. Especially in a progressing um, Justin Herbert, I will take that every time. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Williams just on the touchdown upside alone. Because uh, Keenan Allen's on the downside. He's hitting that... 30, 31, 32 age kind of range. And the thing is they can move the ball from a run perspective. So they're going to get a lot of short yarded situations in the red zone where they're going to be able to move the ball both ways. And then when it comes down to that, I'm not taking the route runner. I'm taking the guy that wins the high point. And yeah. that's Mike Williams every uh, time. I want I want the dude who is going to give me the big play upside. That's Mike Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, I love great route runners. That's my biggest thing from a wide receiver. But when it comes down to the 15-yard or 20-yard line, 15-yard line and in, you can run a great route, and then you turn the corner, and there's still two box safeties exactly. sitting there because there's nowhere there's to no, go. There's no space. They don't have anywhere else to go backtrack, so they're going to be on fucking top of you. And, and a guy like Justin Herbert, because he's got that arm, like he's got a oh fucking Oh, my God, he's dart. got a cannon, dude. He, They're going to push the ball downfield. Mike and Williams they should. Jalen Guyton? Mike Williams is a terrific deep threat, even with his size. He's got great, good enough speed to get over the top. Mm-hmm. And um, he'll win every jump ball, Keenan, especially down the field. Keenan Allen's not a guy you're going to throw a 65-yard touchdown pass to. He's Most of the time, he's, he's never been be, that guy. He's never been that guy. Never been that guy. Mike Williams can do that, and he can get up in the red zone, too, if it's a short yardage throw. He can use that body thank, to shield defenders. Thank he's God one of those wide receivers from that draft class panel, because John Ross and Corey Davis are fucking trash and it took him time it did it took him all time his first year or two he Corey davis great. is even okay but he's not great he's not mike williams he's never had a season like mike williams did last year and he's in a bad situation yes. now where he's like well, he's in a bad situation in both teams he yeah, played for yeah. so um chargers defense what do you think love it kind of like it i like it a lot the only reason i would the only reason i'm pumping the brakes on them is because for the same reason i mentioned the broncos defense uh, they're in a really shitty division as far as offenses go. Yeah, so they you're going to be playing games. six very hard tough hard fucking teams. I That's agree. the I only that. only downside to drafting a Charger defense this year for me is the fact that they got six really tough games uh, in the division. Um, but what I will say is they missed the playoffs last year on a stupid coaching error, which means they play the third best teams in other divisions going forward. So the games that they play outside of the division. They're going to be in much better shape sure. than most teams, especially because they're still loaded. Which is a, a which is huge for fantasy proportions. That's a that's a smart point mm-hmm. to make because that does make a difference. Schedule matters, obviously, especially when and you're playing the third best team that guaranteed didn't make the playoffs yeah, last year. Yeah, you're you're talking about playing an easier schedule, and, and typically in today's world, you know, you're talking about the teams that finish third or fourth in division. Mm-hmm. The offenses generally are not very good. And they addressed the offensive line and drafted Zion Johnson in the first round to protect Herbert Moore, which I love. And they already have fucking they had Slater on the Slater. left side, and they signed Corey Lindsley from Green Bay, who was an All Pro. Yeah. Their line's solid. The Vikings could have Slater. Point. That fucking chaps me. I, I would too. You got a joke of a franchise, but I mean that's neither Darisaw here nor there. Too. Oh, we know that. <sighs> uh, Darius not bad. He's, he's, he's not actually bad. the. He's just not as good. Coaching staff is saying they're very impressed with how he's good. looked so far this year. Good. So there could be uh, 
bright future. But, but when it yeah, but when it comes down to the defense, love Tillery from Notre Dame when they drafted him. I was always a fan of him. Joey Bosa's Joey Bosa. We don't need to really discuss that. Austin Johnson was a nose tackle for Tennessee when he played. He's very solid at the run game, but he's not much of a presence outside of stopping the run. But from a nose tackle, I'll take that every time. They have Khalil Mack, who they brought over, which is fucking terrifying. Who's that guy? Outside of also bringing in J.C. Jackson. Yeah, let's and not then forget they have that. Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Nazir Adderley, and Kenneth oh, Murray God. Jr., that who are all premier picks. This team is fucking gross. Yuck. I don't understand why people don't give them as much credit as they deserve. That this is, is this gross. is my early favorite from the AFC to come out. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That that defensive backfield is disgusting. They're fucking good. terrifying from a team, and they have Herbert yeah. on a rookie contract, which means when it comes down to the contract or not the contract, the trade deadline halfway through the year, they can make a move to pick up a piece that they need and not think twice about yeah. it. I this team is poised for a run. They can in my opinion. Up. They are poised for a run. I, I I truly I do agree with that. Um I would put them probably in my top couple teams as far as Super Bowl odds if if I was Especially from odds. the AFC. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh the offensively the only consideration I would have is that they don't have a super strong like they don't have a goal line back. We talked about run that. Run game needs to be better. Running running game could get better. Now do we trade for Kareem Hunt? What do we think of that happens? Because that's terrifying to me. If they do, that's mm. what I'm saying, bro. It's just they're one they're one step away the same way the Bills are. If if they trade because they don't even need him, they're one step away the same way. If the they Bills trade are. a for no. Kareem Hunt, that offense and that's who's huge for them him? because then you don't have to rush him into it. You can get him adjusted to the offense, and you don't have run to run Eckler. Yeah, in the it's fucking beautiful. Can you imagine a fresh Eckler with a fresh Kareem Hunt out of the backfield? With in that my opinion, this is one of the Herbert? teams that should be hard calling about Kareem Hunt. They should. That actually is not a bad. I don't know what they got for cap space. I don't know if they can make that happen or not without looking. Cap back. space is made up. It's a it's a myth. Based on Kansas City and Minnesota, honestly, when you guys signed all your defensive pieces, starting with Harrison Smith and moving forward, yeah. there was no cap. You just had money to throw they at whoever they wanted to throw it. And look where you're at now. It's, it's a dangerous fucking game to play. Yeah. It's a dangerous game to play. But, hey, I mean – in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. If the Vikings did that and it worked out and they end up winning a Super Bowl, it's worth being, I wouldn't have ever said anything about it. It's yeah, worth being in absolutely. cap hell now. And you if have you to take that risk ago. because if you don't take that risk, you're gone either way. The the Chargers window, I think, is as open right now as it's ever gonna be. Because the farther the farther they go along, I mean Herbert's going into what, his third year? Starting next year, they're gonna have to start negotiating. Pretty soon money's gonna start getting tight. We talked about this with uh uh Mahomes. Yeah, and but that means Eckler goes. Somebody's gonna go. Uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but that's down the line. It doesn't matter for this year. The, the point is, this offense. It, there's there's a offenses in in fantasy that you want to just get a piece of yeah. wherever you can, whether it's the running back, whether it's a receiver one or wide receiver two, tight end. You this want a piece one of, of those it. teams. For that's sure. one of those teams. And if if you can, um. Without reaching, you just you grab a piece right now because you're you're probably not going to be disappointed. Even Keenan Allen, who I'm not like a big fan of, you can probably have him as like a wide receiver too, and he's he's gonna do it. He's gonna finish as like a top fifteen receiver just based on volume alone, and you're not going to be disappointed. It, it's going to be you're you're not going to feel great about taking him in the you know fourth round, fifth round, whatever he ends up being. 
you're never going to feel great about it because he's never going to give you that 35 point game. It's not, at least it's not going to feel like it. But when the season ends, just like we talked about Zeke, a Zeke few episodes I, ago, I literally was as you were saying that was thinking in when, my head RB six Zeke. He, you're going to look mm-hmm. at the season uh, when the year is over. You're going to look back at the rankings or the, how everybody finished, and, and how say, many times you got pissed at that guy when in reality it ended up being not a bad pick. It just you didn't get the boom you hoped for. That is, ex- and that Keenan Allen is the piece of that offense that I would want the least, and he's still going to give you value. So I have no issue with you taking any any skill position player in that nope. offense nope. outside of like backup running back or like Josh Palmer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those kind of guys. And, and even those guys are worth a flyer. Cause if somebody gets hurt, you, I mean, you truly Guyton. give I, me Guyton every day. If Guyton. someone gets hurt in that fucking offense, give me Guyton. If you're going to handcuff a receiver, Guyton's one of the top. He's phenomenal. Guys. He's if Mike Williams goes he down, really Jalen is. I really murder. don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else to mention for the chargers? Uh, Bryce Kaharski. I was I was just gonna say Bryce, we're giving you a lot of love right now. Yeah, Normally I'd be just rubbing you, you dick fucking, in the dirt for this team, but you fucking deserve it after the last couple of years, bud. Last so, couple of decades, my hey, God. Here's what I'll say: Cheers to Bryce because holy shit, does he deserve it? Cheers, Cheer, buddy. Cheers to fucking Bryce. I I hope it works out for you because. Uh, Oh, trust me, it won't, but we <laughs> think it might. <laughs> you guys have lived in the cellar for a while. Yeah, long it never does. Um, it never fucking works out. Only then, one team can win, though. Remember that. <laughs> I guess, you know, since we're talking about teams in the cellar and teams that have lived in the cellar for the Back last decade. Back to the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yes. wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, the Raiders. Oh, um, God damn it. I really... I. I always feel bad about saying this because I feel like people genuinely judge me for this. I think Derek Carr is phenomenal. I think he is, dude, from a, from an actual fantasy perspective, he really has not had a lot from an offensive perspective. He's had one good number one for the majority of his career, and that's about it. He had Amari Cooper for, what, that's two what, years? One good number one. Yep. And that was when he was a rookie. He's getting Devontae this year. What did he have last year? Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, Zay it. Jones. Like those he, he really has not had the ability to succeed. And from a defensive perspective, too, where you're like, oh well, his defense is gonna carry him. They've been super young Hor- on the defensive side and horrible for the most. They missed on Abrams. Max Crosby's been great. They missed on Clellan Farrell. Like all their top picks have been horrible. Most, their late round picks have hit. Most of their team that while he's been there, has been which blows a my mind fire. from said ESPN draft expert Mike Mayock, and this guy can't even fucking hit on a draft pick in the first round to save. His it's life. actually funny that he gets. He it goes is. From, it is fucking. He goes from and a draft Gruden, expert and Gruden. Both <laughs> it's of like, them. Like, how are we supposed to believe anything you say if you go back to doing the draft now that mm-hmm. they've been fired? You go back to doing the draft at all, and it's like, why should do you think? Do you think say? either of them wish they never left ESPN? Uh, John Gruden might. <laughs> Because he lost everything. Well, he would have lost either way when it came out. I feel like I don't know if it would have like if he hadn't gotten up. hired, though. Because if if Gruden doesn't get hired as a head coach, does any of that come out? Probably it, just based well, on his stature in the NFL beforehand. I don't know, I don't know because it existed before he got hired. It right? just depends on who was digging and why. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. That's yeah. true. He he just he probably rubbed a few people the wrong way, and then pretty soon oh, here we go. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, love Devontae Adams this year. Derek Carr, obviously. Everyone likes to harp on that, and I think they're harping on it too much, but the college connection is a real thing. They've been friends for a long Even time. Even though it's like 10 years removed? He's And he's not going to shy away from throwing Devontae Adams no, he ball because no. he knows who Devontae is, and Devontae's going to be open. He's not going to not throw to an open wide receiver. Devontae wins routes. You got Devontae in your top five this year? Do Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. I got him. I got him five. Mm-hmm. Like he's right on that fringe. Uh, do I think Hunter Renfro is going to have the same success he did last year? No, no I don't. Do what? I think he's a solid flex option? Absolutely. Wide receiver two in a decent offense, especially with Josh Jacobs coming back. I'm okay with that. Renfro, especially last year, really benefited from Waller was hurt, playing hurt for a good mm-hmm. chunk of last year too. Renfro benefited from the fact that they had nobody else to throw to. Yes, and he's. Good as a slot guy, I don't think he's well-suited to be, like, a number one guy all the time. I will say Waller scares me this year. Uh, I agree. I don't love the injury, and I don't love the fact that they found success without him in the passing option. And now that he was exponentially the best receiver in that room last year, both tight ends and receivers, and now when you look at that room, he's not even close. Because Renfro's taking a huge step forward. I'm not saying he's better than Waller, because I do think Waller's still number two. Mm-hmm. But there's no shot in hell you're going to tell me that he's better than Devontae Adams. Absolutely oh, not. Oh, fuck no. And when it comes to a third third and three, third and seven, third and 22. Who's that ball going who's to? Who's that ball going to? Yeah. I think the, the, the thing for Waller, the only, the only thing that I think from last year to this year that's changed in a good way for him is that the offense should be better. There should be more scoring opportunity. Now, which is huge for a tight end. That's a but, very fair point. But it's also a gamble because you don't know. Okay, yeah, they might score a few more touchdowns this year. Are they going to go to him? We don't know. They could go to Josh Jacobs. They could go to Renfro. Yeah, They're, not having Kenyon Drake, that could be a big thing. They, they very easily could go elsewhere. The opportunity does not guarantee success. But, like you said, with tight ends, you have to bank on opportunity and there's very few tight ends that are going to have the type of red zone opportunity that a Darren Waller is going to have this year. He's still in my top five. He's just barely, barely hanging on is, is about where I would put Darren Waller. So who are your four tight ends above that? I've got Kelsey is tight end one. I got Mark Andrews tight end two. I got Pitts tight end three and four i gotta look it up because i can't remember no ken and drake actually did resign there so he's he's he still, still there, there. but there mm-hmm. he he also got hurt in like the first week of the preseason he did play last pre last week against the vikings um so he he is still there um, did you guys win that game or no no we did not uh george kittle duh i have number four i'm out on kittle on kittle's like seven for me and then for ppr actually looking at my rankings i don't have waller in my top five i have him six i got dalton schultz number five i don't love that Dallas. i i think that because he, he he's gonna be like their number two i'm just i'm too much an upside guy and when it comes between the two just based on name value even more so than anything i just don't know that i love dalton schultz enough to do that but when you look at the logistics of the situation based on divisions played because you have to obviously play your division two times each team. When it comes down to that, from a tight end perspective, I don't think that I necessarily disagree with it. When it, when you said it to me at face value, I was like, dude, no shot. But the more you think about it, 
the more that I think that that's a fair point. Dalton Schultz has the opportunity to surpass Darren Waller. Schultz this year. finished right in that range last uh-huh. year, and that was with Amari Cooper in yes. the fold. And he's yes. gone this year. There's a mm-hmm. lot more targets that are open. So that's that's sort of the basis as to why I moved him up a spot because I think I did flip. The only thing that easily. scares me with that is the fact that Michael Gallup now moves into the wide receiver two role, and mm-hmm. he is much more of a big bodied receiver who can win the jump balls in the red zone. Yeah. Which could take away from Dalton Schultz's availability slash the willingness to throw to him in the red zone. But do I think it's going to be enough to justify him dropping a significant amount in the tight end position? No, I Here's, don't. With, with the, regarding him, Schultz and Waller, the top four for me, Kelsey and Andrews in there in their own class. It's one and two and it's lock. And and those are got, the only two that I'm like, if you reach on a tight end, gotta be one it has to be those two. And then I've got Pitts and Kittle in the same tier. They're like a, a tier below. And then the very top... And probably in their own tier of their own, like a tier three is Shelton Waller. There is not a lot that's going to separate those two for me. All right. So who's in your tier four then? Uh, Hawkinson's at the top. And then I got Ertz, Goddard, Cole Komet, uh, Pat Fryermuth, um, Albert Obawakabadam. I don't know how to pronounce his last name from Denver. I don't know how to say his fucking name. How uh, about Chigakonkwu? Where do you have him? Um, Let's see. I can't um, wait for this. I am scrolling. Hang on one second. I am still scrolling. My wrist hurts. Um, I am <laughs> switching He's... hands because I have carpal tunnel and my other. I am still scrolling. Hang on one second. I'm, I'm now there. stretching. I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, oh, my list is not long enough. Oh, sorry about that. You got the Jeopardy music we can play for a minute? Here, I'm I still mean, scrolling. I have it, but is it worth playing to humor you? Oh, fucking here up. he is. Here oh. he is. Here he is. Um, Tight end 72. Absolutely fucking nowhere <laughs> on my rankings <laughs> is Chig whatever you called Akonkwu. him. Um, No, I am not drafting that guy. Uh, don't draft him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just curious. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was, a dra- that was a long, dried out joke, and I'm here for it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm just glad you were along. Nicely for the ride. done. At least you tried so, to be funny once, but actually, I, I, I giggled once several in a while. times. Once so, in a while. Hey, I'm impressed. That's what I'm here for. Hang on, I'm still scrolling. <laughs> um, fuck! I think I broke my laptop screen. <laughs> okay, uh, where were we? Um, Raiders, you, Waller. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're defensively, a, anything? Essentially, going to the defense. Yeah, anything for us outside of anybody else? What? Where do you? Realistically, where do you think Renfro ends up? Um, I, I'm not even going to look, I'm, I'm going to play a game here. I'm not going to look at my rankings. I'm going to guess where I think he, I have him. I hate that. It's a guess because it should be the same. Um, probably about wide receiver 40, give or take five spots. What do you think his stats were last year? Um, you want receptions and everything? Like receptions, yards, touchdowns. Receptions. I'm going to call it right around 90. Because he didn't have full production for the whole year. Okay. And he came on late. So I'm going to call it about 90. Uh, yards, 1,000 to 1,100. Somewhere in there. Touchdowns, I'm going to call it about 8. 103 receptions, 1,038 yards, 9 touchdowns. So I'm not that far off. Not that far off. That, that I think I don't think he comes anywhere near that this year. I think he's pretty consistently similar to it outside of touchdowns. I, I I don't think he'll come near that. I think he I think he ends with seventy five catches, nine hundred and fifty yards, five touchdowns. That's about where I'm at with Renfro this that's, year. 
That's probably about where I'd put him too. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I say he's not going to be anywhere in close. that area, obviously I'm just spitballing, kind of, but I think he's going to fall in that threshold ish. And I, I there's said, too much Devonte Adams going on for yes. him to reproduce. And Derek Carr loves Devonte Adams, and he yep. also knows that when you get a wide receiver like that, you have to feed them the ball you're regardless of circumstance or how it turns you're out. You're paying him fuck you money to throw you him need, the ball. Fuck yeah, you, you times. So throw him the fucking ball. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's that's essentially what it comes down to. I I guess that I had. Hunter Renfro at a right around wide receiver 40. I have him at 39 there you go. in PPR. Hey, I don't hate that. And that's in PPR. That's that. not even standard. Yep. So Standard, the guy's standard is lower. Yeah. So PPR, I got him wide receiver 39. Yep. Um, that's upside, not bad at all. He could move up a touch. I don't see him going much higher than that for me. I, he's wide receiver three flex territory. All right. So, how do we feel about the defense, though? That's the uh, real not, question. Not very good. Um, I, I do not feel good about the defense. They have good spots. I love Max Crosby. I love the signing of Chandler Jones. Rocky Sin really is not bad. Underrated signing that no one's going to talk about, Jayon Brown. That man is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league, and he just gets no love because he played in a small market and he never did anything that was notable because he's a coverage linebacker. Sure. Jayon Brown's phenomenal in the coverage linebacker position. He really is solid. He's that guy. He, and the best part about him, dude, he can hybrid and switch and cover the tight ends. He ran that in our offense a lot. We didn't even bring in a third safety. Jayon Brown covered the tight ends in an exponential amount of games and played phenomenally because he's fast enough to stay up with them, and he's a bigger-bodied guy. Sure. So I think that when it comes down to it, they realize, oh, we have Darren Waller. What's a mismatch for every team that we play? Darren Waller. Find a guy that can fix that from your opposite perspective, especially when you're playing Travis Kelsey twice a year. Jayon Brown is a phenomenal coverage linebacker, and especially with the tight ends, he's more than capable of staying up with them his last year in tennessee he had five picks as a linebacker are you comfortable drafting the raiders defense no okay not not, i i love their defense i'm not comfortable based on the teams that they play when you have six games against those offenses yeah your defense can be good but is it going to be fantasy good absolutely not so you're talking like streamer territory at Yes, best. based on matchup, absolutely. I am A-okay with a streamer matchup with, with them. With but potential. when it comes down to, yeah, absolutely. When it comes down to actually keeping them on your roster and making them a consistent play, I don't love that. Absolutely I not. don't. Fair enough, because that's about where I'd put them yeah. to. I would say there's no chance I'm drafting and there's way too many other defenses with more talent. Um, now, if they bring Khalil Mack back... Well, we have a and, whole nother conversation. And it's, it's easy to forget because the Raiders, in my mind, and the, I, obviously I don't speak for everyone out there. There's a lot of people that probably feel differently. But in my mind, it's easy to forget that the Raiders made some moves in free agency. Mm-hmm. They brought in Rocky Sin. They signed Chandler Jones, which is huge. That was a great signing, in my I, opinion. It just goes under the radar because he's an older guy, and the Raiders are kind of irrelevant. I'll, I'll, sum, this, like I'll sum this up in a very, very short way. The, when I think Raiders, typically, I think, like, the Jamarcus Russell era mm-hmm. Raiders. And I think it's an absolute fucking mess. So I think Raiders defense, because I know their offense inside and out, because I, we do this. Yep. You know, we, we study this shit. When I think their defense, because I pay less attention to the defenses, I just still think of the Raiders. I just still think that they're the, the Raiders, and they'll find a way to fuck it up. So, I, I you know, I don't... It's easy for me to overlook signings like Gruden's a Chandler Jones. not there anymore, buddy. Um, you know, that's that's fair. But who's their head coach now? Uh, McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I, I was about to ask. Well, like, fucking time that guy finally took a head coaching job after saying no four times. And, and he said yes to Denver. I left New England seven years. I know he did. And yeah. then oh, failed. Oh, my God. 
Such a hack. Well, no, he said yes some two years the ago. Colts. Two, yeah, he, he agreed the and then up. said no. Yeah. Frank Frank Reich was not oh, was their first pumped. pick. I was pumped about that. Frank mm-hmm. Reich was not their first pick. They had a stupid. deal with McDaniel's. And you know what the best part about that is? If Frank Reich doesn't get hired, they never signed Carson Wentz. Yeah. And if they don't sign Carson Wentz, they don't have the year they had last year. Bill Bill Belichick Bill Belichick the Colts. Mm-hmm. Because oh, so hard. He because on a napkin hard. You, you, <laughs> because you think like the Belichick story. You know, he was gonna he was the head coach of the. Jets for like a day and then he quit like a day and a half and then and then he did the same thing to Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. he was the head coach of the Colts for like I don't even know how many hours and then it's he was like oh no 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 no, I'm not doing this I, I'm out I'm out I, something tells me we had a candlelit dinner with Bill and he talked him out of it I wonder what did what did Bill say to him to get him to not take that job did Probably he offer the same thing that Bill thought when he took the Jets job did he offer like hey this is the Patriots are going to be your team when I leave I what, sure hope so. There's got to be something that goes on. Because what happens, how do you accept a, a, a head coaching job in the NFL, which is what you always strive I, to be, Yeah, and then turn around and say, no, I'd rather be an offensive coordinator for you. I, tr- I truthfully think that's what happened because when it comes down to it, he stayed two more years, things never changed, and now he was finally like, all right, fuck it. I'm not getting the Patriots. Now I'm out. That's, that's if what I, I get I another opportunity, I'm good to go. It doesn't matter where it is, but that – that's what I wonder happened. I yeah. do. I, do I think wonder he just too. essentially handcuffed Josh McDaniels' career for like sure. two or three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting mad conspiracy theory ish right now. Yeah, but I'm wondering but too. No, it makes sense. It well, really does make sense. So I'm thinking too, like, okay, if if Bill knew that Brady was going to play into his 40s, Bill's probably thinking because. But I don't think anyone can know that. Nobody though, knows, truthfully. but by but Brady probably had it in his mind that he was going to do this, right? So then he's probably telling Bill. I sure hope so. And by the time that they, by the time Brady split from the Patriots, him and Bill were not good seeing by eye any eye. means. They, and I think I don't know if they ever saw eye to eye. They just mutually respected. So each other. the the reason Brady because they were left, winning because they the, were fucking winning. The reason mm-hmm. Brady kind of left right is because Bill Belichick and him weren't on the same page. He wanted to do his own thing. Sure. I'm wondering if the assumption wasn't that Belichick was going to retire. Before Brady left the Patriots. And Brady was cool with McDaniels taking over, so he said, I'm going to stay. And then all sure, of a sudden, Bill sure. decides, you know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Tom. I'm going to do this uh, without you. And then Tom, Tom goes, leaves. fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom wins Super Bowl. <laughs> and McDaniels is stuck standing there with his yeah, dick goes, in his hand. Hey, dude, I'm like, just trying to be a head coach. I don't care where it happens. I just want to. And if it was with you, Tom, yes. But... This this is absolute conspiracy theory oh, central right though. now. I but I wonder. Mm-hmm. because Oh, my God. We could have a whole podcast podcast on this there's been a ton of conspiracy well uh, with the the miami dolphins and the tom brady shit that's gone in the last couple years um that when that popped up a couple months ago i thought was like wow this is some you see the league sent a memo about tampering when it came to yeah uh, yeah mm -hmm. this so like when i saw that i was like this is some deep state shit like oh we're going we're getting real deep we're talking QAnon. we're talking all the shit Wake so up, I was America! Like, I was like, triangle fucking hand motion. Yeah, I'm like, Illuminati oh, Illuminati's shit. going, yeah, <laughs> doing their thing right now. So I, I thought that was some bullshit, but then it, it turned out to be real, and the, mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins got fucking hammered by by Goodell. So now any any situation just seems like it could be real. So now I'm just spitballing, I'm making yep. shit up, but 
it, it's like clearly something happened with McDaniels leaving right. the Colts, right? Yeah. Well, with Wink over there with his tinfoil hat on, I think we're pretty yeah. much covered on this division. Yeah, we should probably uh, wrap this one up. Is there anything else that you need to cover before you feel like the tinfoil hat's going to get? No, nothing I nothing that I need to cover again. <laughs> However, I just want to say one more time. I just want to reiterate, Russell Wilson, please Shut stop the, fuck the bullshit. Up. Hey, Russell Cut Wilson's a great human being. We don't buy it. It's a bunch of fake bullshit. I buy it. It's it's all PR. It's all a marketing scheme. Hard not to buy when he's just genuinely a good human. Nobody buys better. your bullshit. Sure. Nobody thinks Mr. Unlimited. This dude's making triangles you're, in his hand again. No one Big thinks Illuminati you're cool. Guy. Stop. Cut it out. Keep doing your charity shit. Keep going to the children's hospitals and helping the kids with cancer and whatever you're doing. I whatever. Denver 12 and 5 book it. Fine. Keep doing that shit. But just cut the bullshit. We all know you're Steve Urkel behind closed doors. We all know What's you're What's wrong fuck- with Steve Urkel? Nothing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, so why you well, why That's you what I'm that? saying. You're di- all right, I'm so here's what we're going to do. We're going to end this podcast. I'm going to give Wink a shovel. He's going to dig the hole deeper and then we'll talk to you next week. Russell Wilson is trying to be something he's not. It's bullshit. <laughs> we all see through it, Russ. All right. Peace all right. And love. God, fantasy football is fun. <laughs> Holy shit. <sighs> Jesus. All right. We will talk to you on next week's episode. Thanks Appreciate for listening. Appreciate y'all. Take care.